welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you're here. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. All right, raise your hand if you love Chick-fil-A. I can't see you, but I would assume that every hand is currently raised. Unless you're driving, please don't raise your hands. But it is with great joy that I bring you an interview with the daughter of Chick-fil-A founders, Trudy Kathy White. Trudy's a native Georgian and the only daughter of Jeanette and S. Truett Kathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A. Trudy has held various roles within Chick-fil-A, including that of a restaurant operator, and she and her husband, John, served as missionaries in Brazil, and later they co-founded LifeShape and Impact 360 Institute. She's a speaker, author, wife, mother of four, and grandmother of 15. And if you've ever wondered more about the behind the scenes of Chick-fil-A's success, this episode is for you. I have to tell you, this episode really, really blessed me, so I know you guys are gonna love it also. And we're giving away a few copies of A Quiet Strength, which is the book that Trudy recently released. Actually, the day that this episode is releasing, it literally just released yesterday. So it is available everywhere. You can buy your books, wherever you like to buy buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the places. But be sure to stay tuned to the very end to learn how you can enter to win one of those copies. All right, let's jump into that conversation I had with Trudy. Well, hey, Trudy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, I'm delighted to be here with you. Very honored. Yeah, so I got to read your your professional bio in the beginning of the interview here, but something I like to ask my guests is, is there anything random about you that I might not have read in your bio? <laughs> well, some random things are usually I have cold feet, so I love all kinds of crazy socks. Uh, in fact, I have some kind of crazy ones on right now. I used to really love chocolate milk. I used to make my own all the time, but I've sort of tried to back off that. And a lot of people ask me, what's my favorite thing to eat at Chick-fil-A? And it would by far be the chicken minis and sweet tea. Oh, yum. Yeah, I love the cold feet thing because my husband kind of makes fun of me for I always have cold feet also. So he's like, it's like the dead of the summer. He's like, how are your feet cold? I don't even understand. I'm like, it's a thing. It's a thing. So I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I'm surprised when you said the chocolate milk thing that chocolate milkshakes weren't your favorite at (laughs) Chick-fil-A. The milkshakes are great. I try to avoid them just because I don't, I I exercise, but I probably don't exercise enough to be able to drink very many Chick-fil-A milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I could be, have grown up in that environment, not had like a cookies and cream milkshake every day of the week. I'm like, oh my gosh, that'd be so hard. Oh, that's so fun. Okay. Well, thank you for that fun random fact about you. Um, So today we're talking with you about the book that you just wrote and it's called A Quiet Strength. So I kind of would love for you just to tell us why you wrote it and your heart behind it. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people had a chance to know my dad or at least can read a lot about him. But for mother, she's kind of the unsung hero in our family, and you really can't find anything much about her out there. So I thought it would be fun to write a book. In fact, after I did my first interview on this book, I thought to myself, you know, my mother never wanted a lot of attention drawn to herself. And I thought, mother, you're about to get a lot of attention with this book. I hope you're okay with that. The Lord took her home about five years ago. 
I have just thought that her life was so inspirational to all of us that I think other people will be very inspired to know her story for the first time. Actually, I think people particularly that are find themselves in a role where they're supporting other people or they're some, somewhat behind the scenes, I think they'll be really encouraged by this because that's the role that my mom has played all these years. And yet that role has been extremely powerful and very influential in our lives individually and as well as in our family business. So I think it'll be a real encouragement to a lot of other people to read her story. Yeah, I know it's an encouragement to me just because, I mean, my husband and I are business owners and that's right. that's kind of the role I play, honestly, you know, and there's a lot of people, it's not always the woman, but I feel like especially in, in marriage, if you are business owners or maybe ministry or whatever, there tends to be one person who is just more that supportive role, you know, and like is just kind of in, and in our culture, it feels like that can be almost looked down upon. Well, like, well, all I do is I'm a stay at home mom or I'm just a, you know, I'm just a wife. And it's like, no, (laughs) you do so much more. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to it. You know, there's that phrase that says everything that is seen is the result of the unseen. Mm. And, and so I, you know, I, I love that thought because I think about the foundation that my mother has laid for our family. And when I go to our Chick-fil-A office, we call it a support center. When I walk in the building, I never think about the foundation that's there, but if it weren't for the foundation, the building wouldn't be there. And so my mother's role as supporting, coming alongside and supporting my dad, supporting our family, now has really been critical to the success, I think, of what we've been able to enjoy today. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I have to re-say that statement you said, everything that is seen is the result of the unseen. Is that your quote or do you know where that came from? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think it is my quote. I, yeah. <laughs> I just thought about the fact that, that um, you know, it's true. I, I think about, you look at a tree, well, you don't think about the roots that are holding it up. You fly a kite and you don't see the wind that's keeping it uh, in the air. And that's really my mom's life. She, she was the unsung hero of our family. She was unseen, and yet she was the one that was at the helm making so many things happen. Yeah. So what was her role in Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if she if she had to be given a, a, a title, I would say her role was a, the chief supporting officer. That really was uh, that really was her role. When my mom and dad first got married as a young couple, my dad was in his mid-20s and running this small little restaurant diner. And so my mother served as a waitress uh, in his restaurant for several years until children began to come along. And then she supported him by raising us. I have two brothers, so she supported us by raising the three of us and allowing dad to come home to a home that was peaceful and in order and a hot meal that she had ready for him uh, to eat. So that became her role. And then as the business began to grow, What I observed as a child growing up in this home was that my dad would come home with problems and challenges, and he would share those with his mother, and then they would bring us together as a family, and we would sit down, and we would talk about it, and we would pray together, just as you and I prayed before we went on the air with this. You know, my my mom would say, let's pray about this. This is what your dad is facing right now. He's got a decision to make, and let's go to God's Word. Let's see what His Word has to say about it, and, and let's pray. And so it was just amazing to to grow up in a home that way. So that was a really big part of her role in this family business was to make sure my dad was at his best all the time, even to the little things like washing and ironing his shirt. She was big about doing that. She would see him at the door when he'd walk out and make sure he was dressed nice and he looked good to encounter whatever meetings he had for the day. And 
she would travel with him when we opened our Chick-fil-A restaurants across the country. She would travel with him to the openings. Uh, when he would speak, she would go with him on speaking engagements. And she just took on that role with the business to support and encourage not only our Chick-fil-A operators, but especially their spouses, because she wanted them to understand that they would be, our operators would be as successful in the business as they were in their home. And Mm -hmm. she wanted to encourage those spouses that their role was really important. Wow. Oh my goodness. This is so good. I'm over here holding back tears because, you know, like I said, as business owners, I feel like Chick-fil-A has been, you guys are just leaving a legacy for those of us who are, you know, believers who are also business owners, because that's been something that my husband and I have been very passionate about is that we never have wanted to sacrifice our marriage or our home or our kids in exchange for a successful business. And, uh, and you don't always see that anymore. You know, it's kind of tends to be sometimes one or the other. And so, wow, I just, I love hearing that. And that speaks so much for the level of success that Chick-fil-A has had and has continues to have. So that's amazing. Yeah. You know, something kind of interesting that my mom shared with me one time I had, she was like in probably her mid seventies and she was in the car with me. We were headed to a doctor's appointment. That was when we had a lot of really interesting conversations. And uh, she said, you know, Trudy says, your dad and I are really struggling right now. She said, I've had so many expectations for your dad. Says She thought one day he'd retire and spend a lot more time with her, and, and they would have time to do some things together for themselves. But my dad never retired. He worked right up until the Lord took him home at the age of 93. And so when she was having this conversation with me, she said, Trudy says, the Lord has convicted me, and he has told me that I should have no expectations whatsoever on him. Wow. <laughs> and so I found a card where she had written down, have no expectations, no expectations regardless. And that was a turning point for her. And she asked me, she said, do you have any expectations for your husband? For you know, My husband's name is John. And, you know, I said, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. She said, those might trip you up someday. You have to be careful about that. So she taught me so much. She just was... Life wasn't about her. It was about others and how she could help other people. And that was just an incredible story of her life and an incredible influence that she had. Yeah. I love that you brought that up about expectations because not only do we sometimes put expectations on people, but we usually <laughs> usually they're unspoken, which That's are true. even more dangerous, honestly, because you were expecting something and you never voiced that to them, you know, so then you're mad at them for yeah, something you never even told them about. So, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So what do you think? You've you've already kind of shared a few things about your your mom that we may not have known. Are there any other things about her that, you know, some of us who have been on the outside looking in may not have known about her? Yeah. You know, my mom had a really difficult childhood. Shortly after she was born, her father walked away from the family. So she was an only child. She was raised by a single mom. Uh, Her mother had to be the breadwinner for the home. So she used her talent of sewing to go into business out of her home. And then she got a job at the Fox Theater, which people from Atlanta know all about this very famous theater. My grandmother was the first one to make the curtains that hung in the Fox Theater. And so, and she had a a room backstage where she would repair the costumes for the actors and actresses that would come on stage. And so my, my mother grew up backstage at the Fox Theater, whereas I grew up in the kitchen of my dad's restaurant. My mother was interacting with all these actors and actresses that came through. So my mother discovered she had a real love for music and she loved to sing. She loved to dance. So she had a lot of talent there. But when she was about five years old, 
someone introduced her to her Heavenly Father. Mm. She was introduced to the verse in John that says that for those who believe, who call on His name, you can become a child of God. And for Mother to think that she could have a Heavenly Father that would be her perfect father, she was just mesmerized by that. And so she began her faith walk with Jesus Christ and her relationship with Him. So that was a big part of her life as she began to to get older, to count on Him. Another thing that people might not know about my mom's life is that she really wanted to be educated. She was not able after high school to go to college, but some group of ladies in a local church put their money together and helped support her to be able to go off and take courses at New Orleans Baptist Seminary. So she took seminary classes. She graduated from Tiff College, which is a girls' college back in the day and a double major in history and religion. So she loved to learn. She loved to challenge uh, her mind. She decided when she was 65 she would love to paint. So she went and bought some canvas and some oils and started painting. And she was an incredible artist for several, uh, for almost 20 years. She did a lot of beautiful, beautiful paintings. Uh, Just She was self-taught. She never went and took lessons for that. I think we gave her her first computer when she was 80 years old. (laughs) And she got her. And she got her iPhone when she was 90. So she was a lifelong learner. And because of her challenge to want to learn and be inspired, uh, she was quite an inspiration to a lot of people, especially people who, were, as they were getting older, you know, they, you tend to kind of set things aside. But my mom, no, she was always wanting to try to try to learn and see what was something new that she could take on. Oh, that's so fun. Well, I'm curious, was her mom still alive and around whenever Chick-fil-A was, was born and started going? Yeah, she was. She okay. was. So she got to she got to witness all of that and see that come about. Mm-hmm. And did your mom have any other siblings? No, she was an only. So she was an only child. My mother, uh, my grandmother, never had another another child, and so she came from a very small family. And my dad actually had seven other siblings. So so quite a contrast in how they grew up in terms of of family, but both. Were, grew up in needy families. They would grow up during the time of the Great Depression, so life was not easy at all for either one of them. Okay, yeah. How did that affect, because I know, you know, I think for all of us, my grandparents also grew up in that time, uh-huh. and sure. they're very different, very, very different in the way even now, you know, now that they kind of approach life. So did your mom kind of carry any of those same characteristics from the people who grew up in the Great Depression? Uh, most definitely. My mother's very frugal. She learned how to take care of a lot of things and she didn't waste anything. But we grew up in the country just south of Atlanta. And so it was hard for mother to get any help at the house in terms of if for repairs. And so my mother bought her own tool set and it was it was pink and she didn't want anybody else to bother it because she used her tools all the time. And so if there was a leaky sink and the plumbing, she would fix the plumbing. She was almost her own electrician. She would fix the wiring in the house and different things. So she she was amazing from that perspective. But I also, when after mother passed away, I was going through the house and looking through some things. And I realized she had a broken mug. The handle had broken off of it. The broken handle was inside the cup. And she had a several pieces of things of glue ready there to fix that cup. And she had a note in it that said, fix this cup. And so my mother could have afforded to go and buy a replace that mug, but she was going to glue it and fix it back. And so she's very, very frugal and, and really has taught us how to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us to realize that everything we have has come from the Lord and we need to learn how to manage it really well to be good stewards of what he has given us. 
And that has overflowed into not only our lives, but into our business as well, that, you know, we do want to try to steward really well what God has given us. Yeah, I love that. My mom was the same way. And, and you know, I, I appreciate that. I mean, my mom even taught me how, because there was five kids in my family. And, um, uh-huh. you know, she taught us how, me how to, I could look in the pantry and figure out something to make with what we had, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and my kids are yeah. still totally impressed. They're like, mom, how'd you, they were like, is this a recipe? I was like, no, I just, I look, I, like, we didn't have much groceries. And so I'm like trying to figure out what could I do? You know, that's a skill that my mom passed on to me. And so that's I love right. that the mother's influence is, is amazing. And it definitely passes down through generations. Yeah. So you've shared a few words of wisdom with us already that she shared with you. Are there any other things that really stick out to you, like that really impacted even how you live your life now, just words of wisdom your mom shared with you? Yeah. You know, one thing my mom was in a a big habit of doing is she would stand at the back door when we would leave out every day. And she would say, remember who you are and whose you are. Mm -hmm. And that was her saying. I think she really wanted us to be reminded that not only who we are in terms of in our relationship with our family, but whose we are in our relationship with the Lord. Because, of course, so many young people today struggle with identity, even grown adults that mm-hmm. you know struggle with that. But I think my mom really wanted us to understand that our value doesn't come from who we're related to or what we have or what we do, but our value is grounded in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it was important for her to remind us daily that to remember who you are and whose you are. I think of another thing that my mother used to tell me a lot because my mother always had such a positive attitude. She had what I call a can-do attitude. She always felt like you can do anything with God. And that was kind of her saying, you can with God. She had such a positive attitude. And anytime any one of us were discouraged, even my dad, when he would come home and be very discouraged, maybe He had found out somebody was stealing from him, or maybe they had been dishonest in other ways, or maybe he was going to have to let somebody go. And my mother would just encourage my dad, said, you can, with God, you can do whatever God has asked you to do. I think her motto came from that verse in Philippians that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she thought any one of those separately is not not enough, but you can, with God, is super important. I think one last thing I would share is... I remember when she was in the hospital and she was laying there on her, in her hospital bed and she looked at me and she said, Trudy, I want you to remember that days are long, but life is short. Mm. And I'll never forget her saying that to me because this idea of days being long, I mean, I know I raised four children. We have 15 grandchildren. Life can be really, really busy. And some days feel like two or three days, you know, at a time. So days can be really long. But mother was reminding me that life is short. And so we have to remember what Paul said in Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity you've been given in these days. And I feel like that's the message my mother was trying to drive home to us all the time. Make the most of every opportunity that you have, Um, whether you're working at home, whether you're uh, at work with your coworkers, whether you're running a family business or whether you're engaging with customers, make the most of every opportunity God gives you. Yeah. Okay. As you're sitting here sharing, I literally just had this realization. You have dropped so many golden nuggets of just <laughs> wisdom from your mom. And I'm like thinking that's what this book is. It's it's literally no pun intended nuggets of wisdom, you know, like, I mean, I just think that's so neat. Uh, so many of these things are just absolutely 
life-changing. I think about the fact that you had a mom who, when you leave each day, say, remember who you are and whose you are. I mean, that is, that's huge. So I'm curious, did you feel like, have you ever really done the wrestling with identity like most people do? Like, or did you feel like that helped you not have that wrestling cabin? Oh, I think that helped me a lot, but I think I still always had that wrestling. It was always this and I, I realize it, it comes up whenever I try to compare myself to other people. You know, mm-hmm. I said, oh, but she can do that or he can do that. Or, I wish I could do that as well as they do. And those are that comparison game is a very dangerous game to play. Or, or you feel like you just never meet up to somebody else's expectations. Yeah. I think that we all create. We talked about expectations earlier, but I think sometimes we feel like other people have expectations of us and we feel like we're not sure we can meet up to those and that creates such a struggle in in terms of our identity. So her constant reminder to me of that was something that kind of helped keep me in check and helped me to be able to bring me back to God's worth and uh, and God's truth. You know, that uh, I am a child of God. My identity is wrapped up in who he is and what he is doing through me. And so I can accept how he made me and I can accept that the talents and gifts he's given me, he's given for me to use. And I don't have to try to be like somebody else. So it's, I think it's a struggle, a constant struggle. And it's a healthy thing that I have to struggle with it to bring me back to the proper relationship that I have with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. Like you said, I mean, I don't know anybody who's never struggled with identity (laughs) issues. I mean, that's the the core of humanity is trying to figure out, you know, if we really believe what God says to be true or if we're going to just go off the beaten path to what the world says to be true. And so, you know, you have to really, yeah, you just have to decide where you're going to stand. So with that said, I'm curious, what ways did your mom affect your faith? Oh, in in so many ways. First of all, her, her faith was a relationship, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it was something that was a part of her everyday life. Uh, mother talked to God all the time. She she never referred to him as God or Lord. She always called him her father. Mm. And she said, if she would, she would misplace her keys or her remote, she would say, now, Father, I don't know where I put my keys, Aww. but I know you know where they are and you could help me find them. So I lived and grew up in hearing her just talk constantly to him. She loved to sing, so she sang about him all the time. And so those songs and uh, her talking is ingrained in me and as part of my faith. And, you know, Mother in and of herself has been an incredible leader because here's what I've observed about her with her faith is the fact that the things that she valued the most and that she talked to other people about, she actually carried them out in her own life. And so I think when your values that you teach and the values that you live out are in sync, it's, it's powerful message to other people. So it has really helped me in my faith to realize that God is concerned about the smallest details in my life, whether it's health related, whether it's relationship related, whether it's business related, whatever it is, he wants to be intricately involved in the decision making process. And so my mother helped me to understand that I can trust God. Even when things aren't going good, I can trust him because he's always in control. And my mother would always, whenever challenges would come, in our family or in our business, she would say, well, let's let's sit down and pray about this because God knows what we need to learn in this time. Mm-hmm. And so she has helped me to be able to take me back to God's truth, to his word. She loved to memorize God's word. And she challenged us as children to memorize a lot. Now, I fail in comparison to what she was able to do, but she she 
would just teach us that, you know, you memorize God's word, hide his word in your heart so that, you know, at any point in life you need to go back to him, you'll have those words of truth, you know, within you. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that you brought up the fact that she had a relationship, not religion. (laughs) You didn't use the Uh word religion, but there's a huge difference there in, you know, uh, people being drawn to Jesus and to a relationship with the Lord because it's a relationship. You know, it's like, you know, you think about a marriage relationship. I mean, you want to hang out. You want to see each other every day, not just let me come see you on Sunday and then. I'll check back in later, you know, a week That's later. exactly right. Yeah, it was an <laughs> integral part of who she was and part of her life, and that was very inspiring to me. Yeah. So what kind of business principles do you feel like you learned from her? Hmm, business principles. Well, this this attitude that she had, this can-do attitude, I think is really important in business because it's easy to get discouraged mm-hmm. uh, in, in life, and you kind of want to throw in a towel when things are tough. But I've learned that God never wastes an experience in lives. He always wants to use them um, for our good and for his glory. And so I've watched that play out in my mom and dad's relationship and growing this business that when hard times would come, uh, if they would just cling to the Lord and, and get through it, the Lord would show them maybe how he's used that for good and how he can be used for, for his glory. Another thing about my mom that I think has helped our business so much, it's a, really a business principle, is this idea of to never give up. Mm-hmm. Um, she, had, she had this this drive within her and determination that life won't be easy, but I'm not going to give up. And then, But at the same time, she knew when to quit. And I think that's so important for all of us in, in the business world. There's sometimes... Maybe we think this is something we want to do, and after you get into it, you realize, I'm, I'm not sure about this. And so you have to know when to quit. My mom knew when to set aside a lot of things that she enjoyed doing in life so that she could help other people. So she knew how to do that. I think it's Henry Cloud that has a book out called Necessary Endings. Mm. And sometimes there just are necessary endings in our life. When my mother or when my dad was older and he got really sick, um, we had to bring in a hospital bed. My dad was sick for about a year in our home with nursing care. And, you know, my mother had to quit a lot of things that were pleasurable and enjoyable for her so that she could focus and give her time to my dad. And so learning to never give up, but to know when to quit, I think it's super important for all of us to remember in business for sure. Yeah. And in life, you know, I think that there's a lot of things like that. So can you, that is honestly, I feel like a huge struggle because Uh, it's easy to say, we're just never going to give up. But then how do you know the difference between not giving up, but also whenever you feel like I think I'm supposed to quit, you know, like where, where's the, where's <laughs> yeah. the line? Like, is this, do I need to just keep pushing forward and get through this hard season? Or is God saying, yeah, you, you need to, this is something you need to step down from or you need to step away from. Is there a secret sauce to that or is it? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if there's a secret to it, but a lot of times it's, it's really, sometimes you have to go back to your priorities and your values. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes if this particular thing is maybe taking you away from things that are priority in your life and those are, you know, those, those are needing more attention, then that might be an indication that this is something that we need to quit or that we need to stop uh, to give more attention to that. And then you have to wrestle with what are your values? What are the things that are more, most important to you? For us at Chick-fil-A to glorify God by being a good steward of what he's given us and to be able to have a positive influence. If there's ever a, a disconnect within that, we know that this is probably not something we need to continue to pursue. And those type of decisions happen 
all the time uh, with us. And so I think maybe that is helpful. And, you know, John and I have wrestled through what are our own values. Mm -hmm. We've challenged our children to understand what are their values, what's important uh, to you in life. And when you understand what your values are, then that drives what you will do and what you won't do. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. That's that's simple. Like you said, just bringing it back to your values yeah. and does it line up with your your values and your mission and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, speaking of your Chick-fil-A's values, we have always loved that you guys are closed on Sundays, which of course, that's the one day we're like, I want Chick-fil-A, but they're closed, <laughs> you know, but well, then I go, but yay for you, Chick-fil-A, for standing up <laughs> for, you know, the Sabbath. And so I'm right. curious, like, how have you, has there been pushback on that or where did that be, start from the beginning? of not being open on Sundays? You know, when my dad first opened his restaurant, it's a 24-hour operation, so he was open around the clock for six days, and he actually was physically exhausted come Sunday. And so he said, initially, it wasn't necessarily anything religious in terms of decision, but he just felt like he needed did a day of rest. And then he realized, you know, the Bible talks a lot about the fact that God even rested when he, uh, his creation story. And he realized that uh, we have to be still and know that it, God exists. We have to have t- quiet time. We have to have pause in our life all the time. Yeah. And so my dad said, as he went on in life and business began to grow, because, you know, think about it back then, that was in the that was in the 40s. So just about everything was closed on Sunday. So that wasn't as big of a decision. But you fast forward as we were opening up in shopping malls and stuff. And at some point, the mall developers decided they'd like to have shops open on Sunday afternoon for some hours and stuff. And that's kind of where the rub came. Uh, that's where mom and dad and our family had to make a firm commitment that, you know, this has worked really well for us keeping our restaurants closed on Sunday. And we decided, you know what? I think this is something we want to be very consistent about. And so we made a commitment to always keep our restaurants closed on Sunday. We just tell people eat twice as much on Monday. You yeah. know, so don't get to eat with us on Sunday, eat more on Monday. And God seems to be really honoring that. And when we're consistent in our life, it's when we, I think we have the most opportunity for influence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when we operate with inconsistency that is confusing to other people. So my dad in later years of life, often said the best business decision he ever made was to keep his restaurants closed on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the, even even my brothers and I, we wrote out a covenant to my mom and dad uh, to help them understand what we were coveting before them that we would do. And one of those is that we would always keep our restaurants closed on Sunday and that we would remain private. We would never go public with our company so that it would allow us to be able to to be generous with our giving to a lot of different uh, organizations. And so yeah, it's been rooted really in our faith to make that decision. And God seems to be honoring it. Yeah, I love that. You know, again, as a business owner, we appreciate just the you guys are stewarding your influence so well on so many levels, but even just as, you know, to other business owners and and even non-business owners, just to really stand up for that is amazing just to show that, hey, the Lord can do more in six days than we can all do in seven. I'm not sure <laughs> when we're exactly going right. to believe that, you know, I'm not sure what it's going <laughs> to take for us to truly believe that what he put in his word is is true, you know, right, <laughs> that we right. need to take him. It's, it's like it's a thing, but so I just appreciate you guys standing up for that. Okay, so we're kind of coming towards the end. I'm, I've got a couple more questions for you, and then we'll wrap up, and you can tell them where they can get your book and everything. Um, in relation to you guys standing up for certain values, one question I have is, what do you think your mom would say about the recent criticism of the company's charitable giving program? 
Yeah, we did come under some some fire in recent months uh, about that. I think the very first thing my mother would say, which she always said to us, let's pray about this, you know, and yes. and, and go back to the Lord and, and ask Him to protect us through through this um, uncertain times and, and maybe some difficult publicity that we had. But also, my mother would say the same thing my dad said to me. When I was 19 years old, I was a Chick-fil-A operator, and my dad said, Trudy, you're never going to be able to please everybody all the time about everything. And that's an important thing to remember as well. As much as you're trying to have a positive influence in places, you're not going to be able to make everybody happy. And in that process of our giving, where we were trying to get clarity about how we were going to give, we we really decided we want to focus on hunger relief for people, homelessness, and education. Those are three critical areas that we feel like if any one of those are lacking in somebody's life, they can't really fulfill their God-given purpose. So we can help the, the hungry, the homeless, and the education piece. But in that process, we no doubt we discredited some really outstanding organizations and we found a you know where we made a little a few mistakes and we have tried to come back and correct those mistakes honestly our family our primary place of giving is to christian faith-based organizations that's just who we are and that's who we really want to help and my dad used to say very few people believe it but jesus said it's better to give than to receive and so we are working hard to be as generous as we can, not just financially, but with our with our time and with our talent and even with our influence. And so, so Mother would remind us that God is always in control, that when we make a mistake, we just have to admit it, and then we have to move on. And she would also remind us that none of us are perfect. And so as much as people love to maybe look at Chick-fil-A and put us on a pedestal, we love to remind people that, hey, you know, we're we're just imperfect people trying to run a business that is honoring to God, and we're going to make mistakes along the way. And we are grateful for people who will extend that grace to us and help us understand that we're learning in this process uh, as well. Yeah. Well, and even just in sitting here talking with you, I mean, I've always admired Chick-fil-A and obviously I've always admired eating Chick-fil-A too in the, the <laughs> business. But um, in talking with you, I just feel like the Lord's just showing me even more so. He just trusts your hearts. Like that. <laughs> At the end of the day, it, you know, as long as you have that teachable, moldable, trainable heart, that's when he can entrust us with things because he knows if we make a mistake, we will fess up and we'll go, you know what? That was my bad. Or right. if we fill in over our head, we come back to what your mom taught you of let's pray about it. Like that seems so simple, but it is powerful. I mean, that's probably what has carried your com- this company, I would say, <laughs> yeah. having that mindset, you know, so. Yeah, most definitely. A lot of times, you know, people get surrounded by maybe difficult circumstances around us. And if we look too much at those, you know, we lose the strength that we need, I know, on the inside. And so we've always tried to look to the Lord and seek his guidance. His word says it's a light into our path. And, and it certainly is the guidance. I don't know if I've mentioned this earlier, but you know, we realized that biblical principles and business practices go hand in hand. Mm. Um, some years ago, my dad wrote a book that said, how did you do it through it? Because people were always asking him, you know, you know how did you do it through it? How did you get so successful? You know, and he always wanted people to understand, you know, there's really no secret to it. There's no secret sauce. There's no secret ingredients. It really, if, if you go to God's word and you pull out the 
principles uh, from his word. Uh, you can bank on it. Uh, the decisions that you make in your business will succeed because God's principles always stand the test of time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. Okay. So where can people find this book, A Quiet Strength? Where are you? Gonna, where's that going to be sold? Yeah, well, it's going to be carried in all your local bookstores, which is very exciting. The easiest way, you can go to Amazon.com. In fact, you can already go ahead and pre-order the book. The book launches on March the 10th. March 10th. Um, so, March 10th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And then it will be will be like in Barnes & Nobles and those kind of places, too? Yes. Yeah. All, you all your buy. local bookstores will be carrying it as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And where is the best way? Are you in the online space at all yourself? I am as well to the website, TrudyCathyWhite.com. You can okay. find me there opportunities for me to speak and be available to other people. You can read about my stories and uh, about the books that I've written, as well as just some opportunity to connect with other people. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Trudy, just for taking the time to come on and sharing a little bit of the background of your mother's story. What a legacy that she leaves. And I'm just excited for people to get this podcast in their ears as well as the book in their hands. Uh, Well, thanks, Rachel, so much. Thanks for what you do. Thank you for the influence you're having on our culture. And thank you for giving me this kind of time. I'm very honored to be with you today. Thank you. Wasn't that conversation inspiring? I don't know about you, but it makes me want to go eat all the Chick-fil-A. Not that I needed any help with that. (laughs) If you want to enter to win a copy of Trudy's book, A Quiet Strength, you can head to Instagram and find me there at Rachel J. Gilbert to comment on the post of today's episode. For bonus entries, you can tag Trudy and I in your picture of you listening to the episode. And you're going to get a million bonus points if you happen to be in Chick-fil-A when you take the picture. Just saying. And if you're not on the gram, make sure you're subscribed to emails. You can join the party there. Just stay in the loop on the show. Just text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 right there on your cell phone. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.